Gentlemen, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping men figure out who they want to become and what they want to give their life to, and then pushing them to relentlessly pursue that vision for the rest of their life. My name is Keaton, and I am the host of this podcast, and I just I want to welcome you to today's episode. Whether this is your first time tuning into the podcast or you're a regular listener, uh, I'm just so grateful that you're taking some time to listen to this podcast. Um, I hope it blesses you. I hope you grow. I hope you find something that is useful for your life uh, in the words that I'm about to say. I hope you have a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me tell you, it's, it is the best thing that you can do. He is the best man that you can follow and learn from and imitate. And I started this podcast uh, a little over, man, I guess a little over a year and a half ago now. Um, and it's based on a question that my dad asked me when I was 23. So that's, that's about eight years ago when my dad asked me this question. I was directionless. I was without motivation. I was feeling sorry for myself. And, and you know, I had a, we had a conversation in his garage where he asked me, son, do you know what kind of man you want to be? I was like, <laughs> sure don't. And he, he said, I would figure out what kind of man you want to be and pursue that relentlessly for the rest of your life. And it's the most important question I think I've ever been asked other than, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? That's the most important question. But other than that, the one that has had the most impact on how I view what I am to do day in and day out is deciding what kind of man I want to be. And here we are today. I'm pursuing that vision and I'm helping other men along the way. Uh, directionless men are dangerous men. And we want to get you some direction. We want to get you some purpose. We want to get you some vision for who you could become. Not what necessarily what you could do with your life that comes in time, but what you should be doing in your young years, like especially if you are in your 20s and single, um, do this now. You don't want to be like in your 30s. You don't want to be married and trying to figure out who you want to become because now you got to take somebody else through the mess of becoming the man that you want to become. It is far easier and far better to do it earlier rather than later. If you're doing it later, man, good for you. Keep going. Good for you. Like, don't you give up. This is the best decision that you're going to make for your marriage, for your kids. Um, but if you're young, like, come on, it's time to decide what kind of man do you want to be? Like men who don't know who, who they are, if they don't know what they want to become, um, if they don't know what they believe, they become a menace to society because they cannot do the things that God has designed them to do. And then the world falters today, just like any other day in history. Just like like we need strong and daring men who can build and guard what has been entrusted to them, build new businesses, build churches, build families, build what's been in, and then guard what has been entrusted to them. Finances, resources, influence, money, family, your wife, like all of those things. Um, and we are in a series right now where we're looking from Jesus's life to see like we want to look at the manhood of Jesus because he is someone to imitate. And the best way to learn about being a man is to learn about being a man from another man. Uh, you can read self-help books if you would like, but I don't find them to be very helpful at all. Um, I think it is far easier, and I think sci- I think there is a lot of research that would that would back up what I'm about to say. But the number one way to learn anything is to imitate another person. Like you can't, you're you're not going to read some self-help books, some growth books, the self-development books, the Barnes and Noble section on Amazon, which is the largest section and become the man that you want to be because you have, you have principles, not without someone to imitate and principles without someone to, without someone to imitate, without seeing them in action is a, well, uh, you'll forget them is what you will. So I was going to say it's a waste of time 
it's a waste of time because you'll forget them. You will forget the principles. You remember principles when they're attached to a person and a story. So you can read history and biography and narrative and the scripture, and you can look at someone's life and imitate it. You can also find somebody who has been following Jesus for a long time in their life, get into a relationship with them and ask them questions and have them be your mentor. You can listen to this podcast where we talk about great men throughout history, and we talk about Jesus and Paul and Peter. We talk about Theodore Roosevelt a lot because that's my guy, and there's enough written about him that you can kind of get an idea of what he was like. You can read his own words. They're men that were great men. They were daring men. They were strong men. They knew what they believed, and they're men that you can imitate and men that you can learn to be a man from because it's easier, it is better to learn to be a man from another man than it is to read self-help. Amen? So we're looking at the life of Jesus, and I have this opinion that sometimes we've discounted Jesus' manhood because he's God, and so we end up just overlooking a lot of the manly characteristics that he showed. And if we do that, if we as men do that, we're more susceptible to look to other men to imitate instead of Jesus. And I mean, like, I was going through the YouTube channels the other day to see what kind of men uh, get the most videos, like their views or whatever, the motivational hub. And all of the guys who are on there that get like 30 million views, 20 million views, 12 million views, almost every single one of them, except for one that I saw, made a mess of their life and their family. They got real rich, but they made a mess of their life and family because they, they imitated the wrong people and now they're urging people to sacrifice everything on the altar of success without becoming men who can actually handle success and their family and actually love their family well. I actually recorded a podcast this morning uh, with a good friend of mine. His name's Mitch. And I asked him the same question I ask everybody who wants to be on this podcast. I said, what kind of man do you want to be? And I loved his answer. He said, I want to be a family man. Like that was, that was his answer is like, he didn't say I want to be a man of war. He didn't want to say I want to be a provider. He didn't say I wanted to be bold, fearless. He said, I want to be a family man. And I loved that answer. We are designed to look to someone to imitate. Um, and as men, we aren't looking to the soft and the fluffy men. We're looking for people who will challenge us, who will call us higher, to become overcomers, to push ourselves, to discover God, um, what has God made us to be, and then to strain after that. And there's no one better to imitate than Jesus. There's just not. He is a man's man. He's got the, <laughs> I wrote this, I wrote this down in my notes. I said he, his life was a freaking adventure. I use the word freaking. It was an adventure. He went wherever he wanted. He drew crowds because of his influence and his authority. He went on to become the single most influential man in history. He was unafraid of anything or anyone. Nothing scared Jesus. And we're going to look at a story of a time when he should have been afraid. He was a passionate man. Um, he had a fire in his bones that would not go out. And the more and more I studied the manhood of Jesus, the more, the more and more I want to be like him. I want to be strong. I want to be bold. I want to be fearless. I want the, all of that that was in Jesus's life because he was strong, bold, and fearless. It permeated his life. And I, also, I want the joy that filled his life. And that's something that we definitely need to get on this series because Jesus was a joyful man. Uh, he was a happy man. He was somebody who could laugh at the time to come. Um, the one, He left a promise to his followers before he went back to be with God. And he said, when I leave, my joy will be in you. Um, joy, this pervasive sense of well-being, the ability to laugh at your circumstances and times to come that should make you crumble, but they just don't because you've got joy. And Jesus was a man of joy. And I know that because you don't invite the bummer to the party. 
or to the wedding. You invite the, you invite the guy that's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't, you don't invite somebody that you don't want to be there to the party. Uh, you just don't, especially over and over. And Jesus was invited everywhere. And it, to me, it, it's a bummer to me that so many Christian men are such a bummer. And I, I'd like us to not be a bummer. Now, that is coming from a guy who every day, when he was asked to pray for his family as a child, prayed that we would be people who have fun. So I have an inclination towards fun. But anyway, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I think everyone should try to be like Jesus and then try to be like somebody who was trying to be like Jesus. You know, I talk about Theodore Roosevelt all the time. That's because you can tell from his writings that he was a man of God. Um, and I, I love that about him. I love it about him. Um, he is quite the character. Um, so anyway, today I want to look at Mark chapter 5. Um, I've pulled most of my, I've almost, actually all, everyone from this series I've pulled from Mark. Um, and I woke up real early this morning to write this podcast. Like I woke up around um, 4 o'clock, around 3.50 this morning. My daughter woke me up before my alarm went off. And um, I wrote about half of it and then I needed to work out to help wake up and so I ended up working out in the morning like I, I usually don't do. Um, and then it was time to spend some time with the fam. So I only got to write half of this podcast because then I came into work. I've got a sermon I'm preaching at our church next week. So I had to get a sermon outline in. And then I recorded a podcast with my friend Mitch. And then I finished writing out my outline and my my notes. And then I practiced that. And now it's time to record this. And then I'm going to practice again to send the audio over to, to my pastor so that he can see what we've got going on. It's been a very busy day. So what I'm going to do with this podcast, I've written, I wrote what I've shared so far, but right now we're at the point where we're just going to go from what I've learned from the scripture and see what, see what I remember from the scripture. Um, but I do remember that like this morning as I was reading this, this story, something struck me about it that, that has never struck me before. And it's actually not, has nothing to do with the story, but has everything to do with Jesus. And I realized this morning that Jesus was only 30, maybe 31 when this story happened. You know, a lot of times I picture Jesus being a lot older than he actually was, but he was my age. And he wasn't waiting around to get older to go start being a man of action, to start doing what God had asked him to do. He was just like, oh, I'm 30. It's time to go. It's time to go. If you're in your 30s, man, it's it's probably time to go. If you're in your 20s, you got a lot of time. You get to prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare and grow and grow and grow and take care of all that stuff so that hopefully, 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 when you hit when you hit thirty, it's time to go, and there's something that that changes in your in a man's heart when he turn, and he's in his thirties. Those are his. It's called his warrior years, where you feel like you have the ability to do something and also the experience to carry it out. Um, and so it just hit, it hit me this morning that man, Jesus was thirty one. He was my age when he did this story. He wasn't he wasn't the oldest person in the room. And I think this story shows the fearlessness of Jesus and the compassion of Jesus all in the same story. So I'm going to read this story to you. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a chunk of it to you. It's in Mark chapter 5. I read out of the ESV. Uh, Whatever you read your scripture out of is just fine. I read out of the ESV because early in um, my second coming to Christ is what I call it, uh, when I decided it's time to go back to church and make Jesus Lord of my life, um, I listened to all these sermons by a guy named Matt Chandler, and he preached out of the ESV. And so I got me an ESV, and I've just kind of stuck with it. But whatever you have is just fine. Um, Mark chapter 5. Uh, they, being Jesus and the disciples, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. 
And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had been bound with shackles and chains, but but he had wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the mountains, he was always crying out, and he was cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he fell down at him at his feet and crying out with a loud voice, what do you have to do with me, Jesus? That's how they do it in my audio Bible. That's my best attempt. (laughs) Son of the most high God, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him his name, and he said, what is his name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And then Jesus goes and casts out this, this man's demons into a pit of pigs. Um, and the guy is well and in his right mind. And later in the Gospel of Mark, he, Jesus comes back to this area. So Jesus is told to leave from this area. The, the people of the city, it's called the Decapolis, 10 cities, didn't like what Jesus did. So Jesus left, and he comes back later. And this man that he just healed evangelized 10 cities and you've got a crowd of 4,000 men, not including women and children that Jesus feeds. So one man's testimony spread like wildfire because Jesus had the courage to go talk to this man and to help him. And there, so there's, there's a couple things I want to focus. I want to focus on the, the fearlessness of Jesus and then the compassion of Jesus. Cause with fearlessness, there's also a strength, there's a courage and he wasn't afraid, but that didn't make him hard hearted. And it didn't make him um, dismissive. It didn't make him feel like he had to be stoic. It it actually made him very, very unbelievably compassionate about this man. To this man. Okay, so this is, here's a guy who, like, I, when I, I like almost want to cry when I think about this guy. He, he lives in a graveyard. So just kind of picture your local graveyard. And, like, just imagine a man who's lived there for years. Like what kind of mind, what kind of, what what kind of mind games does this guy have? What he's not in his right mind, obviously. If he's living in a graveyard, he's among the tombs, and he's obviously caused some trouble of some kind because people, other men, have tried to bound him with chains. Now I just want you to imagine you see someone in a graveyard who, for whatever reason, they're living there and. Then a group of guys decide that the best thing they can do is try to chain up this man. And so he, he fights back, obviously, because why would, why would you want to be chained up? And so this man, he's like fighting back. He's got this group of guys, but something about him is just so angry that he has this unreasonable strength where he can break out of these chains and he can, no one can subdue him. No one has the strength to subdue this man. And you only get that level of strength at a level of depravity a level of hopelessness. I think of like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. One of the things that's a marker of Gollum that J.R.R. Tolkien said is he had the he had the strength that only comes from anger. And it's like an uncontrollable rip things apart. I mean, you see Gollum in the movies. He's described this way in the books. He's this frail little skinny guy, but he's so angry and so hurt that like he can just yank people around. He has a strength that only comes from anger. And... No one can bound him. They've tried to bound him. He's been pushed out of the city. No, like his his mind is so messed up that he's no longer in the city. He can't live in the city. He's got to live outside the city in the grave. People have tried to bound him. They've dismissed him. Everyone's given up on this guy. It would be better if he was in prison. 
And he's strong enough to break chains apart, which means he's strong enough to break bones. And so, like, you get to a point where, like, yeah, I'm not going near that guy. That guy's going to hurt me. That guy's going to be dangerous to me. I'm not, I'm not going there. I don't care what kind of stuff he's got going in his mind and his heart and his soul. I don't, I don't care. He's going to hurt me, and he might hurt who I take with him. So why don't we just leave him there to weep and moan and yell by himself at night and cut himself with stones, and we'll just stay in our safe little place over here. And Jesus is like, nah, I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go see him. And I don't really know how else to describe this man or like men that you and I might meet in our life. But this man kind of reminds me of people who made a mess of their life because of their choices that they kept repeating over and over and over again. Cause you don't just wake up and end up like this man. That's a process over time that just gets darker and darker and darker. And it reminds me of people who like maybe you have to set up boundaries with or remove from your time, remove from your life for a time or Maybe it's people who can't be helped in any other way. Maybe it's people who have an absence of deep, strong, abiding love in their life that caused them to do wretched things. Maybe that's what this man represents. And on a long enough time scale, he ends up as about as far gone and dangerous as possible. And Jesus goes, you know what? That's the guy I'm going to go up to. This guy probably could have broken Jesus's body. He's that kind of strong. I mean, he broke chains. We talked a few episodes ago about the physical fortitude of Jesus. So Jesus is a strong guy. And when you are strong, when you have bodily authority like that, you're not really, you become less and less afraid of people. But there are always, there's always people that are physically stronger. Now you could be like, yeah, but Jesus had the Holy Spirit and he had God. So he was going to be fine. I'm like, I think you're missing, missing what I'm trying to say. Jesus decided that what he was going to help this man, even if it cost him some pain and injury, he was getting in there with this guy. And you and I, um, I bet you and I have interacted with people who we felt that were dangerous and beyond help. And so the best thing that we thought we could do is just kind of push them to the sideline. And Jesus is like a man who's, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get him. I remember a couple of years ago at our church, at my, at my last church, there was a guy who started coming to our church who you could feel anger radiating off of his body. He had been stuck in a gang since he was about eight years old. Did his first house shoot up, I think, when he was like 11. And you could feel, the been in and out of juvie, and you could just feel anger coming off of him. It was one of the weirdest presences I've ever been around. You could feel it. And you could also tell that this guy could crush you. Just absolutely crush you. And he could snap in a moment and everything would be over. You could just tell. Now, I'll never forget one of the pastors at my last church. His name's Andrew. Um, walking right up to him, looking him dead in the eyes. Because Andrew Andrew's a big football guy, but this he still would have been crushed. Walking right up to him and being like, Hey, I feel like I want you to know that I'm glad you're here, that God sees you, and that this is this is going to be a safe place for you. And it changed this guy's life. Not immediately. Man, he had some stuff to work through. He had to figure out how he had to hide from his gang. There was all sorts of stuff. But there was that fearlessness that comes with being a, a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, that you're willing to go to the da- most dangerous man that you know. Um, not being foolish. Don't go to the cartel. Like, don't be an, don't be an idiot. <laughs> but going up to the most dangerous men that you know 
and and being fearless, not being unafraid of them and being willing to help. And you can't do that for everybody, but you can probably do it for one. You can do it for one. And it takes it's going to take a level of courage to get outside of your comfort zone and and be willing to risk maybe maybe hopefully not your body, but maybe some verbal assault, maybe a failure, maybe being misunderstood, but to go help this man who's or this man that you know who are among the tombs. And I just like, I think this shows the compassion of Jesus because not only this man could have physically harmed him, but Jesus went there for his good. And um, imagine, I mean, this guy's cutting yourself with stones. What kind of depravity of mind do you have to have to cut yourself with stones? And you're just picking up rocks and you're like, it would be better you just got to release the pain somehow. And this is the only thing you have. You don't have, you, like, you got rocks. Everybody's dismissed you. They've tried to lock you up. You're just there. You're in physical torment. And this man, Jesus, comes up to help. And as his disciples, there's some stuff that you and I can't do. Yeah, there's some people that need boundaries. There's some people that you just can't help. But there are at least one there is at least one person that you could help that no one has that everyone has gotten has abandoned. It might be a young guy who, um, you know, who might be at Whetstone Boys Ranch. My my pops, he him and mom, my brother Dylan, they went to Whetstone Boys Ranch. Whetstone Boys Ranch had guys who were on a path to become just like this man, and they pull them out and they they try to help them as best they can. It takes a level of fearlessness to go to Whetstone Boys Ranch. I'll tell you, it could be finding the fatherless kid at your church or in a school, um, and doing your best, like taking him to lunch, speaking life into him, being unafraid. And there's enough listeners to this podcast that that could make actually a pretty big dent in a society, in the fabric of society. If, if every God fearing man and disciple of Jesus decided I'm going to do for one person, what Jesus did for this man, one person, I'm going to, I'm going to sow into their life. I'm going to be unafraid to get in the weeds, to get in the darkness, to to put my place in where I put myself in a place of potential harm just so that I might be able to help this man become a follower of Jesus and find new life. We have cannot fall for the trap of making Christianity comfortable. We can't fall for the trap of being, I think men of God leave Christianity because it got it got too comfortable. It didn't cost them anything, and men like to do stuff that costs them something. They want sacrifice. They want a challenge. They want to be able to rise up. They want to be able to meet fierce battles and take them head on. I believe that. And because we made Christianity comfortable, we started walking away from battles that only men could fight. You're going to send a woman to this kind of man to help him? She'd die. You send a strong, daring man who's who's close to God for that kind of for this kind of guy, and we've got to get back to that. So one of the men, like I want to get back to that. I want to find some of the hardest men to work with, and I want to do my best to help one, speak life into one, to pray for one, to invite him into my home, to do what I can. That's that's the kind of man I want to be. I want to be like Jesus, and Jesus was unafraid, and he was unbelievably compassionate. And I think which one which one came first, compassion or fearlessness? I think in this in this case, it was compassion. I think Jesus knew of this man from a long time and decided 
he's the only, I've got to go, I've got to go help. And it's going to, I'm going to have to work up some courage. I'm going to pray through the night and I'm going to go help. I want to be that kind of man. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton. I am your host. This is um, a podcast that we are, we're doing to help men become better followers of Jesus. So if you liked what you heard today, uh, please like and subscribe. Please share it with a friend. Share it with two friends. Start a small group over this. You can do anything with this podcast that will you th- if you found it beneficial. Until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.